0: Hello everyone, and welcome to Spiral Out Podcast. I am your host, Chris West. You know, every once in a while, the show really surprises me. Whether or not it's a fan who reaches out and tells me how much they like the podcast, uh, sometimes cool people who make cool things will send me stuff for free. Sometimes I'll end up in a situation or a place that i never thought I would be. And like today's guest, occasionally I talk to an artist that really makes an impact on me. Brian Ewing is our guest today and before, during and after the show, he was very gracious. He was very cool. He is like the fans artist. He's the artist artist. He really takes the time to think about the fans during his work, and he is a huge advocate for other artists, just has a plethora of knowledge, a great guy. I really enjoyed talking to him. I hope to talk to him again, and I hope to learn more from him. And he also came up with the contest. That was his idea. It's something really cool to do for the fans that listen to this podcast and people who like Brian Ewing's work. So without further ado, here's the contest rules. The contest. This was Brian Ewing's idea. Um, we are going to give away $350 credits to his web store, and one grand prize winner will win a Pucifer foil signed by Brian Ewing. Uh, you must live in the United States. During the course of this interview, there is a question and an answer. You are going to want to send that question and answer to brian at brianewing.com with the subject of spiral out contest include the question and answer and your mailing address all those have to be in there to be able to win and in about a week brian and his assistant will print out some of the entries and pick four of you and again three of you will get a 50 dollar credit to his web store and one of you will win a signed pussifer foil so that's pretty amazing i can't thank brian ewing enough i can't thank him enough for the conversation and all of the advice after the show that he gave me i again really respect this guy and had a great time talking to him so enjoy this show spiral out join the fiend club and join the contest spiral out at the levels right now. I'm Chris, by the way. Thank you for coming on. Good to meet you, Chris. Yeah, man. Thanks for asking
1: me. Um, there's actually a uh, thunderstorm here right now, so mm-hmm. you might get some of that. So it'll be extra spooky. The add to the ambience. Yes, that's what I. That's what I paid for.
0: Hello, everyone, yeah. and welcome to Spiral Out Podcast. Our guest today is Brian Ewing. Right? That's how you say it.
1: Nope. No, <laughs> uh, Ewing, kind of like, uh, damn it. Dallas or the basketball player. Yeah, I thought you were. A, I was. I was listening to your previous interviews, and you're so, getting you're nailing everyone's name. I, I'm so Actually, disappointed. Emma, yeah. What's his last name? I can't uh, pronounce.
0: I'm not going to try to say it right now because I'm gonna. I just broke my streak.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so just think of Dallas or the basketball player, and you're good.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, Patrick Ewing uh, Got it But just Brian Ewing I'll just cut out me messing it up <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> And continue the streak Whatever works Again if you're listening to this podcast It's you know tool poos p- for APC related You recently did the um, Pittsburgh poster If I'm not mistaken Yeah I think so I have it right over here um, Flattening awesome. out I just got it in the mail <laughs> uh, Yesterday I got the uh, ayahuasca foil, which I have no idea. Awesome. I have no idea what ayahuasca foil means, <laughs> but uh,
1: it's a hallucinogenic that they reference and, uh, yeah, I know the drug in bullet trained Iowa.
0: Okay. I know the drug, the DMT, whatnot derivative. Yeah. But, uh, as for it applying to a foil, I was, I was very curious about,
1: uh, just the pattern of the foil, you know, uh, uh, patterns you can choose. Um, and I thought that seemed kind of druggy, kind of trippy, just to make it more relatable to the band and their music. So I just gave it that title.
0: It got, it got me. I was like, what? I lost the foil? <laughs> Sold.
1: <laughs> I like to secretly think I'm clever, and a lot of times I'm not. So
0: I think that one you were pretty clever. I don't think it's a secret. I think if you look at your art and go through, you know, what I could find on history, you seem genuinely intelligent and clever. Um, and I don't mean that kind of yeah, my moment your first piece of her poster, how did that relationship start? Uh, you did the wrestling one, uh, a while back, yeah. the last six tour, like six that years ago,
1: 2015. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember, I try to remember last week, to be honest. You're a busy man. Uh, too. I recall, man, I'm probably going to screw this up, but maybe it's not a bad thing. I, the, the band's management hit me up or it was Zoltron, I cannot recall and if it was Zoltron, I apologize for not remembering correctly but uh, yeah they um, they just said it was a, a Lucha Libre uh, uh, theme and then I could just kind of have fun so I chose the most well known, the Blue Demon and uh, just kind of did the anatomical style that I was messing around with at the uh, time and just had
2: fun
0: with that. I'm really uh interested in this uh, a atam- say that word again? Atomical. Atom- anatomical? A- anatomical. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm very interested in this the style. vocabulary lesson today. Yeah. Anatomical um style because again <laughs> going going through your gig posters from as far as I could go back, it's it's fairly recent for a style of yours that you've been doing. Maybe not as opposed to the, as much work as you've done, I've only seen it in the last, you know, I don't know how many years, but.
1: I made notes. So uh, I the first time I did it was for the Melvins in 2012. Okay. And uh, right after that was for Swans, and they're managed by the same people. Ten years ago, bands just didn't want to pay artists for artwork. My style prior to that, like the illustrative style, was very time consuming, so I had to come up with something faster. It was something that I wanted to try, so I just started doing it. And it, I, I assumed it would, it would be like, all right, you know, if this fails, I can just go back to the old style. And I was surprised that it took off. So yeah, I've been using that for about ten years, and now I just kind of go back and forth between the anatomical style and my regular illustration style.
0: The anatomical style which is faster, do you do you make these digitally or do you draw them first and kind of layer them? Or
1: uh, It's a combination of both. So the anatomy that's underneath, that's all hand-drawn. And then uh, without giving too much away, I just find an iconic image that works for the band. And then I draw the anatomy underneath. And then if I have collage in the background, like the Poosper poster from 2015, I'll do that all digitally. Just finding images, either photographing, scanning, or finding them online, and then just making them part of the collage. And I try to make the collage the, uh, to reference the band and their music. So it, it there's a purpose to it instead of just being a random shit. Can I swear
0: on this? Yeah, of course.
1: Okay. Sorry. <laughs> uh, when I get nervous, I swear. So you're going to hear a lot of it.
0: Uh, don't fucking worry about it. <laughs> okay. So from, again, being on your website and, and looking, you seem to have a, uh, a little bit more variance than I've seen most artists have. At least with like the Pusifer poster, there's like, I don't know, five or six different uh, variants weren't there? Like there's different foils and uh, you had some test prints and uh, some regular ones. And I'm, I'm just curious about how you may select doing different things with the same image is the real question
1: uh, you probably know more about what I do than I do because I Fair forget enough. really quickly for the 2015. Um, oddly enough, the printer ran out of regular foil paper and had to use a different foil paper. So that's kind of why there were the, the, the variants. And also at the time, the band allowed for the artist to create their own colorway or variant. So I did. And, uh, the variant for that was like the bubblegum colors, the, the blue and the magenta, and it was popular with previous stuff I had done, so I just kind of ran with that. It was all done with permission, and uh, the test prints were whatever whatever the printer had that they had, you know, screwed up, air quotes. Uh, they didn't really screw it up. It's more of a, you know, uh, something was off, and then they just used that to test the next Green or the next job or whatever, and they gave me a couple of those. It was only seven years, but it feels like a lifetime. So oh, fair enough. Hard to remember all
0: that. Yeah, we'll move on. We'll move on. Yeah, we'll talk about the new one. Um, in my opinion, one of the most iconic uh, of this tour, uh, is Alien Pope. Uh, I don't know if you have a specific name for it.
1: I do now. <laughs> I didn't, I'm not good with naming stuff, so yeah, I'll take what I'll steal it from you.
0: Yeah. Just kind of the process with that of, I'm guessing it was somewhat similar to the first one and they call you and they say, hey, we need X, Y, Z. Did they give you a lot of freedom? Uh,
1: Oh, a ton of freedom. Let's see. Basically what they said was their direction was men in black. That was going to be the stage set for 2022. And then aliens, UFOs, and conspiracy theory. And then I could kind of do what I wanted. They just, if we're going to include The men in black characters, I had to include all of them, not just uh, Maynard. Um, I can't remember the the character's name now, Uh, Dick Merkin, that's it. Like, whenever I do a poster, I'll do a ton of research on the band. And uh, I found an interview with Maynard, and it said something along the lines of uh, extraterrestrials are kind of a new religion. And so I just ripped on that. And I grew up uh, strict Catholic. Uh, I had to look at you know being in church all the time. you look at a lot of religious art, and that carried over to being an influence for me uh the religious art, not the religion, you kind of like add that into the influence of the work that I'm doing if that made any sense and with what a pope wears or a saint will wear in like classic religious art, like the mitre the hat uh that's always decorated, and I thought it would be really cool to tell a story with that. I took the image of Guadalupe and switched it out with uh, Billy D being Guadalupe and then the three agents being the angels that kind of support Billy D. Then I threw in the ayahuasca leaves, and uh, I think there was a, a state flower for Pennsylvania. Exciting stuff. Yeah.
0: It it really is, in my opinion, um, especially watching. I guess the how you did the drop too, where you know the three posters came out, and then also the individual sketches for each little piece. You know, like the Guadalupe, Billy D, the you know Lucha Libre little wrestler guys that you know went on the lapel. Uh, yeah, sorry, I'm 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 looking at it. <laughs> Donkey from Donkey Punch (laughs) Yes Uh, yeah. For me it was really cool because it kind of Like I got to see the image and then I I guess I kind of understood the process More of maybe how you created it by seeing The little sketches because I guess In in the back of my brain I was like He must have just drawn all of this at once (laughs) And you're like well obviously not Uh, (laughs) Like
1: Yeah my brain doesn't work that great So yeah with that uh, So like the uh, The wrestler is the same one from the first poster I did so I was kind of bringing that back and uh I like being able to hide things in the work that I'm doing um I find it fascinating cuz mm. a successful poster whoever does it you should be able to read it within like 5 seconds you should be able to read the band name and kind of pick out the art and just you know it should register when you do it. but I want people to look at it for more than 5 seconds so I like to hide a bunch of stuff in there and the band the lyrics and their videos and stage presence is very layered, so I kind of wanted to use that way of thinking into the piece that I was doing for them. Drawing up the saint or the pope or whatever you want to call it, the alien pope.
2: <laughs> Sorry,
0: uh,
1: it gave me an, it gave me an opportunity to to hide all that stuff in there in plain sight. So the I'm trying to think. Yes, there's the the donkey from. The videos, and then uh, there's the wrestler. What
2: else is in there?
0: Oh, look. So there's the donkey on the stage left side. Uh, Above that is, uh, I think, one of the wrestlers, the Maynard looking wrestler. And then.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's him from his
0: stage shows. The other side is the previous poster wrestler. And then below that is the lady in the cowboy hat. From
1: yeah, from uh, conditions of my yeah. parole.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So again, if you know the band, uh, all of those things are are recognizable images.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of created for people who are fans of the band, you know, to uh, to get more than five seconds of viewing out of it. You know, like like I said, I just want to make stuff that people will spend some time and really like you know, look at it.
0: Did you sketch it out originally digitally or on paper? Oh, well, obviously on paper. You have the original, you saw the original sketches.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not that smart enough to draw digitally yet. I figure when my eyesight goes, you know, I'll start working digitally more often. But right now I enjoy drawing and I enjoy drawing on paper. So uh, it doesn't matter how you do it. That's just how I do it. Um, and uh, yeah. And At the end of the day, you can't sell a file, you know, but you can't sell a drawing. So there's that as well. Sure. You know, the the added bonus.
0: I recently talked to another poster artist who uh, did some things digitally, uh, did his poster digitally, but had previously sold some sketches and was, I think, kind of kicking himself that he didn't sketch his Pucifer poster out on paper first.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah.
1: you know, it's the old
0: saying is, you know, use all of the buffalo,
1: you know, like use yeah. it all. So Yes. Uh, was that dances of the Bulls? Sorry, I don't mean to throw that up there. I haven't seen that movie in probably since it came out. Not to complain, but artists really don't get paid a lot to do these posters. Yeah. If you're smart, you'll figure out ways to monetize what you do. You know, this isn't, it, poster artists don't do this completely for fun. They also have to pay the rent this is a good way to kind of help pay that rent, you know, because most artists are probably making less than minimum wage. They probably get, you know, maybe a dollar or two an hour for all the hours they put into the work that they do. The bands really can't afford, the way the music industry is set up kind of sucks and we all know it, we all accept it, so we can't complain too much. Um, But uh So bands really aren't going to pay you thousands of dollars to do a poster. Uh, You got to figure out ways to get paid. You know, Um, the other good thing is that if you're smart, the artist will retain all the rights to the artwork, you know, 10 years from now, or even 10 days from now, if the band is like, Hey, we want to make a t-shirt. You're like, cool. You're going to have to pay me a licensing fee. And that's fair, you know, Um, because there's, you're better off getting paid in prints than you are just getting an art fee because it's a little more work to sell prints, but you will actually make enough to pay your rent that way.
0: Agreed. And especially, uh, you obviously work with a ton of bands, but the, in my travels in doing this, it seems like anything revolving around tool, perfect circle pusfer, uh, you know, even primus and just sells out like instantly. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I just assume it's a uh, middle-aged white guy. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, it's like it's uh, me. What used to be kind of
0: <laughs> same here, man. Um, I even have a beard to prove it. Uh, I can't grow a beard. Uh, this, is, this is like three months. <laughs> someday, someday, someday.
1: Because these bands have lasted so long, their audience has. It's kind of like they're they've matured, and so has their audience. And I think that their audience wants more than a T-shirt or a fucking pint glass or a sticker. You know, they want... Like, posters are meant to advertise a show to get people into the door, but also they serve as a a keepsake, a reminder of that night that they had being that band. And posters have been having a renaissance for the past year, 10 years, so that's been great. And uh, I think people... See the value in that and some people see more value and they think they're gonna buy it with it on ebay and make thousands of dollars and good luck you know i don't know
0: <laughs> how i kind of see it being a collector myself and again i can't draw a stick figure it extends the universe you know what i'm saying like i get to go to this show or multiple shows pick up a poster but now at least with the art community or you know these different pages and whatnot I can join a Facebook group or an Instagram thing and talk to other people that have similar stuff. And it's no longer just, I go to one show, get one poster. It's now I'm part of this huge group and there's many artists and there's many different bands and many cool images that I can now participate in. Yeah. And that's that's Um, what I get from it.
1: Well, my unprofessional theory about all of it is, uh, you remember, You know, when you're a kid in high school, you know, and you wore your favorite band t-shirt and you didn't really know anybody. Someone's like, I love Metallica too. Let's be friends. And that's kind of what music is to me. It's, uh, it, it it opens a door to meet other like-minded people that have the same interests as you. Then there's everything that kind of gets added to it, like the artwork and the videos and the tours and stuff like that. And, um, uh maybe this is something new where people are trying to find more community and different things instead of just politics religion you know and location you know there's more to it I And mean, with social media there's nothing stopping anyone from befriending someone in another country you know and it's pretty cool it's it's really fun to see people kind of just uh put their bullshit aside and get along and uh you know, just talk about the things that they love, not the things that stress them out or that they, um, and, uh, it's with all this technology, it's really fucking lonely to be a person. Yep. So it's a great way to kind of deal with that loneliness, you know?
0: No, I think that's a 100% correct. And again, not that, you know, something like the poster art or rock poster art community doesn't have its uh, issues or whatever, there's, you get enough people together, you're going to have some conflict, but for the most part, you know, people look out for each other.
1: Where are you in, uh, Nevada?
0: Yeah, I'm in Las Vegas. Oh, cool, cool. Yeah, it's hot as well, fuck at here. at least
1: you're, you're <laughs> at the epicenter of all, uh, all the alien conspiracies and stuff like that, it's pretty cool.
0: It is, I, uh, I don't know how
1: you deal with the weather, man. It's pretty, uh, pretty dry and pretty hot,
0: yeah. We just don't go outside until like, I don't know, seven o'clock Makes you, sense. and you try to do everything you want to do outside chore wise, if you have any before about eight o'clock, anything, wow, anything, after, anything after eight o'clock, it's just, it's obviously just life for me, you know, but, uh, I'll have people visit and they'll be like, it's, It's like you live in a wasteland. Like nobody's in, nobody's out during the day. You know, why would you do this to yourself? And it's like, it's just where I live.
1: I just assume you guys have tunnels that connect you to everything. We should. the casinos. Yeah.
0: We should. We just use Uber. (laughs) There you go. Um, Lots
1: of AC and Uber.
0: It's like building, car, another building with AC, car, maybe a water, a large body of water sometime. (laughs) Not a a lot of people outside right now. Back to the poster. I'm curious, for some reason yours seems different to me, your most recent Pusser poster. I don't know why. I think it's the composition, just this big alien right, right in the middle. You know what I'm saying? How aware were you before you sat down and drew that you were gonna do this big of an alien? Like how did you build your con- uh, your uh, composition?
1: Never really thought about that. And no one's ever asked. Uh, good question. I had a couple of different ideas. I just knew I wanted to draw an alien and I kind of sucked at drawing the gray aliens. I did one for the Foo Fighters and it wasn't my best piece and I was kind of bummed out about that. So I felt like I had to do a better uh, alien. And one of the guys that does the best aliens in rock posters is uh, an artist named Monk One. He's yeah, I know him. I've heard, I've heard of him. <laughs> yeah. Super nice guy, also an amazing artist. And I was like, dude, he does such great aliens. He does a lot of great stuff, but uh I wanted to do a better job than what I had done previously. And uh again, the the objective of doing a poster is to get someone's attention right away and have it be instantly readable. So just drawing one figure is easier and easier to, uh, process than having a bunch of figures or a full body or something like that. Um, and I tend to, I think, uh, one of my bad habits is I always draw people from the waist up in most of my stuff. So, uh, yeah, that was kind of the thing. And then I just saw that the miter, the hat and the, and the sash and everything were opportunities for me to squeeze more artwork in there. I think that answers the question. I don't yeah, know.
0: yeah. Uh, I think the we we're talking about clever earlier is the mushroom spaceships.
1: Uh, I'm not that original. I took it from their video. The uh, I think it was bullet train to Iowa. Well, the, the the client, the merch company. That's pretty much nowadays. You don't really deal with bands and their management. You deal with their merch company who deals with the band and their management. So uh, this guy Paul Varella at uh, I think it's called the Merch Collective. He hit me up. It was just, he gave me the lowdown of aliens, men in black, UFOs, conspiracy theories. And then he gave me links to their videos and just said, watch these four videos and get your ideas from that. So that's what I did. And in the video, there are these, um, I forgot what type of mushrooms they are. They're also hallucinogenic. Um, I guess I don't do enough drugs to remember what drugs are called, so. Neither. Uh, yeah, the mushroom spaceships are in the video, and it was a good solution to filling up the space around the alien.
0: One of the things I really like, and I've kind of been trying to pay attention to with art pieces, are so you have this like almost star-like thing coming out from behind his head, and I I'm trying to pay attention to like background shapes, and I'm just curious on how you. Like why you put that in there, I guess, and and how that helps because it obviously does. It feels in space and whatnot, but uh.
1: kind of is. You know, uh, I'm guilty of using it before. Um, it's a great way to layer an image, so you see the alien and you see the what I would call like the halo, and behind that you see the background of the space. So it creates, and then you can also call the text a layer. So you have all these layers. On a flat piece of paper, and it gives it more dimension. Also, I'm just stealing it from religious art. If you look at religious art, uh, there's a lot of graphic design that goes into some of it, and it's really fascinating. So I just kind of opted from there. So it all kind of made sense. I guess, yeah, I, I never thought I'd have to explain it to anybody. So it's My interesting <laughs> that you ask. Uh, no, 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 these are great questions.
0: I'm curious on how your fan reception has been because I hear. I hear both sides where, like, fans are just ecstatic and then how they can also be really difficult to deal with sometimes. <laughs> um, oh. And, again, as as, oh. as busy as you seem to be, you know, I'm just I'm just curious on, on the fan reception for this one ex- specifically because I've, I've seen nothing but good things.
1: Uh, I thought the Emic print that you have behind you was really amazing. Um, uh, Burrito Breath did a really good one. Monk One did a great one. Uh, Ryan Besh, your cinema did a really amazing one. There's a lot of just great art for that tour. So I'm happy that people like it, but, uh, I think the most popular response from everyone was, where's my order? Uh, (laughs) So after that, you know, I, I learned early and uh, I learned early on in my career and, uh, what other people have to say about me is none of my business. I love it. I love it. You can, I, I think I can't remember who said it, um, but it's, again, I'm not original. I'm just stealing from here and there. I try to, you know, one, like you can get a bunch of really great responses, but it only takes one bad response to ruin your day. It's better for me to just keep my head down and just get the work done and not worry if I'm, you know, I'm popular that day or anything like that. That's not what gets me out of bed. So um, I'm happy that people enjoy it. You know, I, I worked really hard and I, I drew it for their fans more than I did for the band because the band's already on, on board with it. Now I, I just really want their audience to enjoy it.
0: And I think that kind of leads me into my next question where I watched a video of you. You were talking about, you know, maybe the differences between digital art and actually drawing. And you talk about the life and soul of an art piece.
1: Again, I don't remember, but okay, fair enough. (laughs) I was probably uh, you know high off the smell of my own parts that day, and was just like, "I'm going to tell everybody how it is." Something I don't
0: know. Well, I think it has some validity to it uh, when you're talking about how you're doing this piece for the fans, and I think it shows because somebody like me who's seen who collects again, I don't have every poster from this tour. There were certain ones that I. I don't know, gravitated towards and it seems like a lot of people gravitated towards this one. And I, and I, I think maybe subconsciously or consciously people can tell that They're like, Oh, there is some life. This is done for us, not for the band, you know, cause there are other pieces that you can barely tell or poots posters. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I, don't, um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not knocking any of those. I probably still own them. <laughs> But this one specifically, you're like, this guy gets it. This one's dope.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, then I succeeded. You know, um, I, whenever I'm asked to describe my job, I just give a sarcastic answer of my job is to make the band look cool. And uh, again, I just I'm I'm not like this martyr or whatever sure. or someone who. Uh, but I, what I I think about their audience more than I think about the band because. The audience knows more about the band than the band does. That's always been my experience. That is usually my approach. Also, at the same time, there are things that I want to draw, and I use these opportunities to do that. I wanted to draw a better Alien. I think it's a lot better than the Foo Fighters Alien I did. That was for me, and also I got to put it through the, the Fucifer filter and make it a poster for them.
0: Thank you. Then for that answer, that's a great answer. Y- you've been doing this for many years now. I read somewhere that you used to work in porn. (laughs) Yes, I did. Um, (laughs) And and this is, I usually do the Pussiver stuff or, you know, whatever band and then kind of get some history. You know, what, what interested you in in doing stuff like this to begin with?
1: Porn or posters?
0: (laughs) Well, both. Actually, you had to, (laughs) Okay. Uh, and then, you know, when did you I start? I mean, they
1: go hand in hand. Explain. Sorry, I'm just fucking with you. I'm just, I'm just messing with
0: you. I th- you think you were doing graphic design, right? Or something of that nature? Post, uh, Some type of page design in, in porn?
1: I was trying to. Uh, so in 1999, uh, I moved to L.A. for a relationship. I worked at a Kinko's and I hated my job in LA. And so I was looking through the classifieds and I saw, you know, men's magazine looking for art director. I was like, well, I could draw, so I'll apply. And, uh, when, when they said men's magazine, I thought they meant like GQ or details or something, like fitness. I don't know. I didn't really have a lot of confidence in drawing, but I thought I could be a good art director. You know, I get to work with artists that I like and, Hopefully, you know, make a cool project. So I sent them a sarcastic cover letter. I didn't know what Larry Flint Publishing meant, and uh, so I sent them a. The other thing is like, I am fresh off the boat from the Midwest when I moved to LA, and I'm just very naive. So um, and I'm young, so uh, I sent them a my resume and a cover letter, and the cover letter was really sarcastic talking about how I dropped out of art school and if this doesn't work out, I'll just, you know, apply to be a truck driver. And, uh, the woman that hired me, uh, called me up, this is, you know, people really didn't use email 20 years ago. She called me up and just said, uh, I thought you were really funny. Would you like to come in for an interview? And, uh, so I did. And we spent 20 minutes talking about the job and we spent two hours talking about music and, uh. It was this woman named Sharon Bloodkey. She just saw potential in me, and I, you know, I was just really surprised. So basically, long story long, I got the job as an art director, and the next day I got fired. Why is that? Uh, because Larry Flint's niece or daughter or somebody had a fiancé that needed a job. Oh. So it was kind of like... You remember Reservoir Dogs where they're just like, yeah, you'll get a job at the dock. You don't have to do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, collect your check. And it was kind of like that. It was, you know, it was an honorary title for this guy. He didn't do anything. And uh, so I lost the job. And Sharon called me back. She's like, I am so sorry. You're fired. I was just like, oh, OK, whatever. You know, I didn't even start, you know. Um, uh, so she's like, I really want you to work here. So she found me another job. Within the company where I uh, dealt with scheduling, which meant I worked on all the magazines and I made sure that they got to the printers on time. They got to the distributors on time and uh, that the art directors turned everything in on time, which is really the opposite of the type of person I am. So it's funny that they gave me that job and uh, I was trying to work my way into getting an art director job, but she had quit. And the person that took over for her just hated my guts. So oh, it happens. every time I, oh, oh yeah. Every time I applied within the company to do some kind of creative job, she would just stop it. You know, she would just put the kibosh on it. So after like a couple of years, I just quit. Um, and I made sure that was my last real job ever. No matter how bad it got, I would still try to be an artist and never have to go back to like a day, to a day job because I, wouldn't want to say, oh yeah, I got a job at Office Max after working at Hustler Magazine. So yeah. Um, I forgot to tell you some like interesting Hustler stories. One of the people I worked with was uh, Mackie Osborne, which was Buzz Osborne from the Melvin. Okay, It was his wife. And she was one of the first people I befriended. We would talk every day and I would show her everything I was working on. And uh, she would just, you want to do a poster for the melvin like yeah sure you know i had just done one for hank three and she's like oh we're good friends with him why don't you do a poster for my husband's band also one time tool came into the offices and so i briefly got to meet adam jones i was he was the only person i cared about uh because he's an artist and that's what i gravitate towards um and i knew that he was doing special effects and stop motion and he did some illustration and I briefly got to be like, hey, you know, they were, they were there to see Mackie and the woman that hired me, Sharon. I'm not sure why, but they were in the offices. And so I just got to pop my head and be like, hey, what's up?
0: What year uh, was this?
1: 2001.
0: Oh, wow. That's awesome. I've uh, I've met everybody in Tool very briefly, except for Adam Jones. <laughs> I haven't yet to uh, hmm. meet Adam Jones.
1: He was at Comic Con. Uh, yeah, I couldn't get away from my booth, but. My buddy, who's a film maker, uh, he was at my booth promoting his movie, Drunk Bus. So here I am promoting his movie on your podcast. He was there, and he is a huge Tool fan, so he just dropped everything and ran and got a chance to talk to him, which was pretty cool. Uh, I was jealous, but I couldn't get away from my booth. It um, it happens. Not sure where I was going with that, but
0: I guess we're that just, was my... Yeah, I mean, it's a super interesting story. I, I guess the... Where, how, where does it lead into like poster? Um, you know, when, when did you do, oh, um, what was your first big band?
1: I don't know. I was doing, I I moved from Minneapolis to LA and that's where I got the job at Hustler. And prior to that, I was just doing flyers for the local venue, First Avenue in Minneapolis. And uh, so whatever bands came through, I would just go like, can I do a flyer? And they would just give me like free drinks and tickets to the show. When I moved to LA, um, I tried to keep that business model going, like try to get paid. Um, so I reached out to the Troubadour and started doing stuff for them. As far as like first big band, I really don't remember. It's been 20 years. Yeah. So, no worries. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I hate to do this. If you go to my website, you yeah, can yeah. see like no, some of the early that's, work.
0: That's not a that's not a bad thing at all. Uh, people listening should go to. Uh, BrianEwing.com and his store. And uh, I guess my next question how do you keep it interesting after 20 years? Like, how do you keep pushing yourself or experimenting?
1: That's a tough question to answer. So basically, I just try to get out of my own way, um, gravitate towards what's easiest, which isn't always the best, you know, the path of least resistance. I make sure that my influences go beyond rock posters and, uh, I definitely, there have been times in my career where I just threw whatever I wanted and threw a band name on it, but uh, now I try to really pay attention and do my research so, like, the most diehard fan of that band will find something they like in it, and that gives me permission or license to draw stuff that I don't normally do um, or to find ways to shoehorn the stuff that I really like drawing and make it relevant to the band. Uh, I started learning how to use Photoshop in the past couple of years. Uh, My friend, Steve Chanks, he's been helping me learn Photoshop. And so every week we just show each other what we're working on and he'll point out to me in a very constructive way, like what needs work. And it really helps me, uh, like I said, get out of my own way because it's, No one was pointing out what doesn't work. I would be too lazy or selfish or childish to make those changes that would make the piece a better piece. I think that's one of the ways. And just nowadays, when I work on a piece, I take notes. I don't know why I love taking notes now. And um, even if I'm not working for the band, if an idea comes to mind, I'll keep notes open. And so uh, I kind of have like a a, like an open door with Metallica and. Mm -hmm. They just say, if you have any ideas, let us know. Otherwise, we'll hire you when we have an idea. So I just keep a list of notes of like, oh, this would be a cool image, that would be a cool image, and if I can find time, I'll present it to them. And I just look at a lot of art. I, I let my I I try to let myself be influenced, and I most I I find the most joy in art that is totally opposite of mine I know how my art is made, but I don't know how someone else's art is made, especially with a different style. And I find that fascinating. Uh, If you ever hang out with musicians, which is really annoying, they will (laughs) shit all over songs or bands that you like because they're looking at it from a technical aspect. Whereas I'm looking at a song, listening to a song just from a
0: emotional, you know, uh,
1: yeah, you know, a fan, someone who doesn't know anything about music just enjoys what they're hearing. So I try to look at art that way too. Otherwise I'll ruin the, the pleasure of looking at art for myself. It's so stupid.
0: No, it's but, not. It's not at all. Because Yeah. Uh, it's not stupid at all because um, I went to film school and I make short films and stuff from time to time. And there was definitely a time in film school where you'd be hanging out with your film buddies and they couldn't watch like, I don't know, for example, a Marvel movie, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and I get it, you know, it's, it's bubble gum, you know, it's ice cream, it's flashy lights and, but I can still, you know, I had to consciously say like, you know, I want to enjoy the theater. You know what I'm saying? Like they have their purpose. Yeah. I want to enjoy this. I don't have to watch, you know, Citizen Kane a hundred times and to be a uh, art, Lo- I mean, a film lover, you know, I can watch whatever I want yeah. and enjoy whatever I want.
1: Yeah, exactly. How I try to keep being an artist. Interesting for me.
0: Uh, is there an artist uh, specific that you, that is not like your style that you pay attention to or enjoy?
1: I like a lot of comic book art. Uh, I grew up on comics and as a kid, part of my desire to be an artist was I worked at a comic book store. So I was I went to a fine arts high school. So if you ever seen the TV show or the movie Fame, it was kind of like that, but a uh, lower rent version of that, a little more ghetto. Um, so during the day, I had like this fine art education. And in the evenings at the comic book store, I would get this pop art education. And a lot of that just kind of combined. Um, so it's like like a lot of the art that I like is, indicative of my generation and what was popular and how I grew up. So I listened to a lot of heavy metal, punk rock, hip hop, you know, and I, I, I love skateboarding and all that was like a, a recipe for disaster of what I would like, what kind of artist I wanted to be and what kind of art I liked. So yeah, this is a really long answer to your short question.
0: I mean, uh, we're here for so, we're here for an hour. So I mean, like this is this yeah. is the bread and butter that people like. They like the. You
1: can just speed up the uh, audio, right? To,
0: you know. No, I think um, I think you're way more articulate than I think people. This is what they like to hear. You know, <laughs> um, they um, they want to know the nitty gritty. It's it's interesting. At least it's interesting okay. to me. You're saying you had a, you know, your art during the day, and then you had your pop art at at night at the comic book store and in how that Um, plus skating kind of just created you know what you do and and knowing that i i don't think you're the only one that has a similar origin story of just kind of yeah i don't want to say being on the outskirts but just having these uh, like skating and rock and hip-hop djing and comic books mixed with um graffiti and pop art and and it just kind of creates like these super awesome poster artists that are you know i think just i'm hope i'm hoping that are just creating like this whole new way of enjoying a band or at least yeah expanding it because it's always been around there's always been gig posters but now it's just a whole Mm -hmm. new level like you said you're making them for the fans now with hidden images and
1: I do look at poster artists, like I've mentioned a few, um, especially ones that just recently did. We're, we're part of the Fusper tour. Um, and then uh, I grew up on like Pusshead, You know, that was a big deal for me. I, I read Thrasher magazine when I was a kid and um, I loved, I would pretty much listen to any band that Pusshead did the artwork for. And then uh, there were poster artists like Coop and Frank Kozik. Jermaine Rogers, he uh he was one of the first artists to help me kind of understand how the business of gig posters works. And I'll never forget that. And um Emick, you know, uh I was a fan before I ever met the guy and uh super awesome artist and really nice guy. And um what else? Uh Jim Phillips, you know, the Santa Cruz screen yeah. guy, like that was a big deal for me growing up. Um, I just interviewed... And it's really Brian amazing. Jumbo. Oh, wow. Um, big fan of his work, too. That's got to be, a, you know, uh, gotta be a, an interesting torch to, to carry from your father, you know? I couldn't even imagine. Um, <laughs> he's he, his own artist, which is yep. great. You know, he has this legacy, but he's also unique. Uh, and, you know, it's almost like the Phillips brand that they're carrying on, which is fascinating. You don't see too many family of artists who can do that. Uh, I grew up on a lot of comics, rock, uh, like skateboard art and album art and t-shirt art and stuff like that. And it really influenced who I wanted to be. I just didn't know I could actually do it. So So I guess I'm doing it.
0: What are, what are those, uh, what were those original bands that, uh, that you were into? Like what were your, you know, middle school, high school, Uh, like, uh, you know what I'm saying?
2: Um, I'm
1: pretty old. So, you know, I grew up with, uh, grunge stuff like that prior to that was thrash thrash was like a big deal everybody has like that band that artist that whatever that they're kind of embarrassed about but it was their gateway into the taste that they have now you know so yeah i listened to poison and cinderella and Malikuru and shit like that but that was my gateway into Layer, iron maiden metallica um anthrax uh shit um, I never get to talk music with people. So it's hard to, to like dig up all this stuff that I grew up with. Um, and, uh, one of the biggest bands that really had an effect on me were the Mitzvahs. I didn't even know at the time that I would still be so influenced by them. Uh, but back in the day when I was a kid, one of the first albums I bought was the whatever reissue of Walk Among Us from the eighties. Uh, cause I'm that old. And, uh, uh, so yeah, listening to bands like that. and my brother and sister. I have an older brother and sister, and they they had different musical tastes. That my brother loves like Frank Zappa and all the hippie shit. I really couldn't get into that. Um, I can now see the benefit of it, but back in the day, I just wanted I wanted to listen to what my generation was listening to, and it was none of that fucking classic rock. <laughs> and the irony is now what I what I what I grew up listening to is now classic rock. Um, my sister listened to a lot of like house music and hip hop, so that was. That was an influence as well. So, like in the '80s, you know, punk rock and hip hop were still in their infancy. You know, they started in '77 around the same time and pretty much in the same city, which is fascinating. But by the time it hit, I, I grew up in the Midwest, so by the time it hit us, it was still brand new. Same thing with graffiti. You know, that was such a that was that was from my generation, and it was so fascinating and so dangerous. You know, because everything was so illegal and it made you want to see more of it and to try it. But for me, I, ne- I never played a I never played music, so I just love the art. And so the arts, like the album art, the t-shirt art, all that stuff, uh, skate decks, that really influenced who I wanted to be.
0: Um, Speaking of Misfits, I got two questions. Glenn Danzing or Michael Graves? I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> I love. You them. already know. I, <laughs> I it's good for you, man.
1: You know uh, the band kind of ended when Danzig left. You know that's just my opinion. You know what? Uh, I they should have just changed their name.
0: I don't disagree, and the and the sad part is, I really really like m- what Michael Graves did. It's just not the Misfits.
1: No, no. So and I, lo- I, I love. I love those. Smart to call it something else.
0: But I, I had to ask. And, and then going into your <laughs> your logo, it's obviously a Misfits reference, right? Um, you're, oh, yeah. You know, the one behind you. Did you have to get any creative licensing for that, or you just kind of manipulated it? to? Because I know uh, their fan club is called the Fiend Club, too, right?
1: Yeah, but they took it from Vampyra. Gotcha. Before uh, Elvira, there was the original, uh, like, horror movie host, Uh, Her name was Vampyra. She was around in the 70s. Misfits wrote a song about her. And Glenn Danzig was very smart to take all his influences, run them through his own filter, and create the visual iconography of the Misfits. So, like, the skull is from the Crimson Ghost, which was an old serial, you know, which is kind of like they would show that before a movie. You know, you would see this like 10, 20 minute, you know, episode like a TV show before you saw the main feature and that's the Crimson Ghost. So he, he took it from that. And then the theme club is from the vampire theme theme club, unless I'm wrong. And so I'm just carrying on the tradition, you know, no one really owns. And so, you know, Shepard Berry had done it and I was like, Oh shit, Shepard can do that. I'm going to try it. And I had a show in 2015 and, I was just insanely crazy about the Misfits at the time, and I have made it like a Misfits theme show. Um, and I, I was like, "Well, I need something cool for it," so I, that's when I created the the theme club thing. And I don't take it serious, you know. It's a parody of a parody of a parody of a parody, you know, kind of thing. Like no one owns it, you know. I'm I'm, I'm wearing my my musical taste on my sleeve. Sure. You know, it's, this is who I am. This is what I like
0: get to some of the last questions i have um doing a new poster for poster how's that going
1: yeah. <laughs> i haven't even started it yet it's for their october show um so it's at the end of october so that's some time um i try to just send them i gave them two sketches for the last one i was like hey guys can i just reuse this idea and they're like no so i've come <laughs> up with a new one um In my head, it's going to include Billy D and the the government agents and the aliens. Um, I have an idea in my head. I just need to write it down and get it out and then sketch it up and, you know, just kind of present it to the band. And hopefully they like it. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Uh, I I wish I had more to say. I do, but I can't. So that's the best thing I can say because I tell people what the idea is it's probably going to be better in their heads than it will be on paper. <laughs> fair so enough. Fair I don't enough. want to set myself up.
0: Fair enough. I am also curious about, uh, cause this will probably come out after, you know, you, d- you did your last blog post, you know, where you're like, Hey, you know, update on shipping, yada, 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 which I really, yeah. which I really appreciate by the way, again, being a part of your mailing list now and whatnot and have bought some items from you. A little update from now and then is great. Thanks. Um, You know, having some type of heads up. Again, I have nothing against... uh, And I understand why he does this, but like, let's say Amic. I get no updates and his shit is gone immediately, (laughs) you know, in seconds. There's no... uh, There's no... Um, Hey, keep an eye out. And I understand why that happens, but all I'm saying is thanks.
1: It's The the, the hardest thing is to, like, be honest with people, you know, because you you worry that they're going to judge you or that whatever idea they have of you is going to be ruined. You know, I don't know what people think of me and it's probably good. Um, took a few people to email me going, Hey, it's been a month. What the hell, dude. It's like, fuck, I've been so slammed that I forgot to update people. So that was my nudge to update people. Um, I got some angry emails and I, you know, I don't process those too well. And, uh, so I just was like, "All right, cooler heads prevail." I'll just make this video and let people know. And um, people are very visual, especially when it comes to proof that their order was shipped. Um, and also with social media, you have to make certain types of, you know, content. And so I'm just killing several birds with one stone by doing that. Uh, the hardest part about being an artist is you have to be a business, and nobody wants to do that because it you know, hard enough to get the job and you have to do the job, but then you have to promote it and then you have to sell it and you have to ship it too. And, you know, no one tells you about that. So uh, some days you have the energy to get it all done. Some days you don't, or you just get distracted with other work. Comic-Con, like that came up out of the blue. I had to drop everything I was doing to be prepared for that. Um, And everybody in the end was very accepting and they understood and I tried to get everything out as soon as I could. So I tried to get everything out as soon as I could. And, uh, you know, I made sure to not release anything else until I took care of the people that have already, you know, bought these prints. So I hope uh, everybody doesn't hate my gut.
0: Speaking of the Comic-Con, uh, that's kind of interesting. Did you ever done that before?
1: Yes. I did it for about 17 years. Oh, okay. And then uh, I got burnt out. You do anything long enough, you have stories. So I have a billion stories.
0: You say you have a bunch of interesting stories. What's the first one that comes to your mind?
1: I don't know. Um, you get to meet a lot of interesting people. There's so many. Uh, basically, having a booth at Comic-Con is like standing in front of your portfolio. You just stand there, you know, and everybody just comes to you. And it creates these dialogues with strangers, you know, that you'd never get to have otherwise. And a lot of people that go to Comic-Con work in the film industry, TV, music, comics, obviously, and, you know, art industries. And so you get to meet some really fascinating, interesting, and sometimes weird people, you know. Uh God, I'm trying to remember. Um, I'm more excited about meeting other artists, to be yeah. honest, like. Tom DeLong from Blink22 came to my booth one year and, uh, kind of, he thought he was incognito. And I recognized him right away because I had done stuff for his band. He's like, so you do rock posters? And I'm like, yeah. You know, like, (laughs) come on, man. Where are we going with this? (laughs) Like, oh, that's really fascinating. You know, like, okay. I was like, hey, has anybody recognized you today? And he just gave me this like, oh, shit look. Like, are you going to freak out at me? I was like, oh no, we have, we have similar friends. You know, I know, fucking like, this guy and that guy and your clothing company used to sponsor me. So, you know, he's like, Oh, okay, cool. You know? And you just get to have like a normal conversation. I've met actors, uh, musicians, obviously. Um, I, I got to do a signing with Weezer one time at Comic-Con. Wow, That was pretty crazy. Got into a small argument with Rivers.
0: That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> uh,
1: well, I'm, I'm very, you know, I'm, I guess cause, I, just the way I grew up, I don't like people talking down to me. And so uh, he didn't really talk down to me. Um, he's a really nice guy. I'm just going to put it that way. And uh, right before we did the signing, he had just seen the posters I did for his band. And he's I did the anatomical style. So there's this photo and I used the photos that their management gave me. He's like, why am I not wearing glasses in this, this poster? That's my signature. And I told him, because that's what your management sent me. He's like, but I wear glasses. I was like, dude, this is what they sent me. This is all <laughs> I can work with. Because like um, working with with musicians, they don't always own the rights to their photos of themselves, which is really strange. Uh, like I did a project with Kurt Hammett, and we had I had found photos that I thought were good, and his management's like, yeah, we can't use these. We don't own the rights to them, but you can use these photos. So I had to like work with that same thing with like Charlie Benante from anthrax. Um, I did an album cover for him and I had to take a bunch of photos and put them all together to make a new photo. Um, so anyway, uh, with rivers, uh, he just didn't understand that his management only gave me one photo of him. And Brian, um, bell, the guitarist was like, dude, chill out. You did a good job. And so I ended up just talking to Brian and, uh, God, the bass player um the whole time uh and um the drummer didn't show up uh he had a death in the family so they told everybody i was the new drummer <laughs> so everybody that was waiting in line they're like oh yeah this is brian he's our new drummer and so they would hand me an album and i would i didn't know what to say so i'm just like oh i didn't plan this album so i can't sign it but i can sign this poster for you and then, uh, and it was a good experience. And then we got to see the band play later and that was a lot of fun. And, uh, like a month later, uh, they played in Ohio where I live. So I took my friend who's a filmmaker, uh, this guy, Tony Mormon. Um, I took him cause he's a huge Weezer fan and we went backstage afterwards and Rivers was really nice to meet him. So it was just, he's not a bad guy. I'm
0: just trying to say that. That would have been hilarious though talking. if he was like still pissed. He was like, you again? With the no glasses? Yeah. Like, come on.
1: Yeah. Well, we would have probably had some work. Like, I don't have a big ego. It's just more of a, you know, you cross line. You can't say that. One time, uh, a producer came to my table and saw the Universal Monsters stuff I had done. I bought it all. And I'm like, interesting. You just dropped like a thousand bucks. What do you do? He's like, oh, I, you know, I work in film yeah, what do you do? He's like, oh, I am I work for Universal Studios, who owns the rights to Frankenstein, of Frankenstein, all that, and we're going to reboot the franchise.
2: With Tom Cruise? Are you a lawyer?
1: He's like, yeah, well, funny enough, uh, that, that guy was the one who wrote The Mummy and directed it. Um, <laughs> and now I can't remember his name. Holy shit. Uh, produced uh, Star Trek and all that stuff, and he was one of the creators of Hercules, uh, with Kevin Sorbo. Yes. <laughs> yeah that that gem of a TV show.
0: I love that show when that I was, was a kid.
1: Yeah, that, I think that was like the pinnacle of that guy's career. He's yeah. probably starring in films with Kurt Cameron now. Like, um, like
0: religious films.
1: <laughs> uh, so this producer who's rebooting the Universal Monster movies, uh, his name's Alex Kurtzman was at my booth and bought all this stuff. And I was like, Oh shit, are you a lawyer? He's like, no, no, we love your work. We just want some to hang up in our offices. And I was like, all right, cool. And he's like, you know, do you live in LA? I was like, nah, sorry. I I think at the time I was living in New York, but he wanted me to come to his offices and paint murals in his office. And I was like, sure, man, you sound like you have a lot of money. (laughs) So by chance, I was dating someone who lived in LA and I was visiting her and I sent him an email like, Oh, I'm going to be in LA. If you want to meet up. He's like, yeah, sure. Come to the universal Studios.' I'm like, okay. The theme park. Sure. Why not? I, I didn't know anything about it. So I get there and I'm on the back lot and, uh, you're supposed to take like a golf cart to wherever you have to be. And I just started walking. So I ended up walking <laughs> through all these different parts of universal studios. Like, uh, you know, like the fake downtown, you would see mm-hmm. in some music videos and shit. Like, I accidentally walked through that and, uh, uh, there were like tours going by and taking photos of me thinking I was like an actor or some shit. So after like 45 minutes and like a couple of miles and 80 degree weather, I finally find their offices and, uh, I have a meeting with Alex Kurtzman and I didn't know who the guy was until after I left the meeting, uh, which is probably a good thing because some of the stuff that he wanted me to do, you, you know, it's Hollywood. So he's got like these yes men around him and, uh, you know, he's like, oh, I have this idea. And, you know, I want to do this. I'm like, yeah, I don't think that'll work. And But his yes men were like, oh, that's a great idea. Like, Shut up, you know. <laughs> like, I have to do the work. You don't. Um, but uh, long story long, I ended up kind of acting on doing the murals because they didn't have much of a budget. So, But we always stayed in touch. He did the uh, Silence of the Lambs TV series, Clarice. And I had hit him up about doing something for that. There was no traction with that. Then he asked me to do something for the Star Trek series that he was working on. and I wasn't really into Star Trek, so I kind of passed on that.
0: That was an interesting story. Uh, I catch myself just from doing this podcast in odd situations where I'm like, what the hell did I get here? Uh, (laughs) It's making no sense. No. Like, how did I end up in this place, like this random studio or this random, you know, whatever? Um, I'm all of a sudden in Europe. (laughs) <laughs> like
1: uh, Oh really? So the podcast gets you to well, allows you to travel.
0: I wouldn't say it allows it to, but it gives me a reason to. You know what I'm saying? Before the Pussi Tour, I went and saw Tool three times in Europe. Wow! And again, I heard you
1: mention that in the uh, <clears throat> some of the other interviews you did.
0: Yeah, I still haven't talked about it on the podcast about what actually happened over there. <laughs> but maybe one day, because it's very I got interrogated. That's
1: a good segue into that. <sighs> oh really? I think you did mention that with the uh, FEMA. I can't pronounce the last yeah.
0: name. Maybe I'll tell you after the interview. What uh, okay. It was it's a pretty interesting story, and one day I'll tell it on the podcast when I won't get in trouble for telling it. <laughs> you said on your newsletter that you r- randomly got new Pusifer prints. Uh, I mean, uh, yes. And I'm guessing this will come out after you release those, but um, just curious what they are if you're allowed to talk about those or.
1: Um, Yeah. uh, So the management said, you know, it's funny, like what you can get away with if you just ask. Believe me, I know. So the management, uh, well, if you are doing interviews with everyone, you know, it's, it's, I'm impressed. I think it's cool that you took the time to come up with something that other people would be interested in. And it's opening all these doors for you, you know, like, a lot of people talk about doing that, but you're actually doing it. I really think that's great.
0: Thank you. Um, And it's just me. (laughs) I'm
1: already on the, I'm, yeah, it's, it's not like I need to butter you up. I'm already on your podcast, but I, I think it's awesome. and I hope to see and hear you do more with this because, you know, there's probably a lot more you can do, you know, who knows? It it all depends on what your goals are. Oh yeah. Uh, So yeah. um, So they asked, uh, you know, we can either just pay you cash or we can give you prints. And I asked, can I do my own oil variant? They're like, yeah, sure. So um, I got the same amount of prints as every other artist. Uh, I just switched it up from the top oil to, you know, the, the Ripley ayahuasca version. And that was the ayahuasca version was my exclusive that you couldn't get from the band or the, at the show. The printer, uh, Isaac at Lady Lazarus, amazing printer um i'm happy to drop his name all the time they sent me a, a mirror foil version too and i didn't know i was getting that so i didn't make it available i didn't get my prints till after the show and insane tool fans are you know they're they're voracious people and they're very they're very focused and they are very passionate so like the day out, they're like sell me the goddamn poster like sell it tomorrow um, so I didn't know that I was getting the pure oil version, uh, print. So I got those so I can make those available probably in the next like week. I have so many deadlines. I don't have time to sell things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, um, I'm trying to make time for that. Like I have a death cap for Cutie poster. I got to finish when we get off, uh, the, the podcast, um, but uh, yeah, so they sent me that and I reached out to some of the other artists. I was like, did you guys get extras? They're like, yeah. Like, oh, shit. Because that never really happened, you know. So that was really like, a nice surprise and very nice of the band and the printer to give me that. I wasn't expecting that.
0: How many so, did they send you? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, I think, too, um, when at least when it comes to this. One reason I did this is I didn't see that there was a lot of people doing it. Um, yeah, you know, there's so many artists well, out there.
1: Yeah, usually what people do is they they'll go with the top five artists of whatever genre, whatever magazine, podcast, whatever. We'll just keep interviewing the same people. After a while, it gets kind of stale. So um, no one ever hits me up. So I appreciate you know, know. anybody asking me to do an interview.
0: We need to come up with a good question for uh, for your giveaway because you want to do a giveaway, right?
1: Yeah, uh, I thought, it, you know, this is also me saying thank you for having me on your podcast. You'll have to explain the rules later, uh, which my assistant sent you, right? Yeah, I guess you can, What uh, would be a good question. Um, gosh, this would, you know, people would actually have to listen to the, uh, which, which porn mag did I work for? Gotcha. Which would be Hustler.
0: Gotcha. Perfect.
1: Actually, I worked on all of them, but Hustler is the one everyone remembers.
0: Yeah. I was trying to think of uh, something they couldn't look up, which I think it would be hard for them to look up. Uh, so I think that works. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I don't have. I just wanted to say thanks. And if you can tell everybody where to find you.
1: Yeah. it's. Uh, I think I'm easy to search. So it's uh, Brian Ewing, E W I N G, dot com, and then uh, same thing with like Facebook and Instagram. If you don't find me, you'll find another Brian Ewing, and they might be more interesting. So maybe just follow them. <laughs> uh, other than that, um, I have a newsletter that you can sign up for if you want. I be a, a social like? Can I be like a publicity whore and tell yeah. you everything that I'm up to right now? Yeah. All right. I. Did a print with Pantera, so I'm going to be releasing that soon. Um, it's licensed through them. It's for their anniversary of vulgar display of power. Yeah. Um, then I did a print with Blondie. I'm going to be releasing that. Then Jeff Cab, I'm going to be finishing that up. Um, then I'll be doing that Push for a Poster for October. Then I'll be at New York Comic Con in October and then designer con in Anaheim in November in fall of 23. I might be having a solo show in Spain, which would be wow. fucking crazy.
2: That is, so crazy. I'm excited
1: about that. I'm, I just want to go there to eat the food. Right. I know the food's going to be really good. Uh, so, um, I got to brush up on my Spanish series two of the ghost Boner, which is a toy that I created. Um, 'cause it was so stupid I had to do it. Um so we're gonna come out with series two. Uh I collaborated with UVD toys. Um so we'll be releasing that hopefully at the end of the year, if not beginning of the year. Will and, the boner um, be
0: bigger this time? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it'll just have different color it'll just have different colorway. Uh I try to keep it subtle. So when people see it they have to do a double take. Um and uh uh yeah it's it's a good conversation starter i guess um so series two will have different colorways. series one did really well um we're doing series two now uh and then i just had a i just released a new book called the things that could not be which is a book of uh sketches that were either approved and the projects were canceled because of the pandemic or because I just got really excited about the project and I turned in 12 ideas for one poster. So, uh, it, uh, the book publishes a few of those sketches. So there's like Lucifer, of course, um, Metallica, Anthrax. uh, now I forget. <laughs> there's no. a bunch of, uh, My Chemical Romance.
2: That's
0: awesome. Uh, so, that's, a, yeah, that's a great, great idea.
1: It doesn't look like I do a lot of work, but a lot You know, you only see what an artist releases. You don't see any of the work they do behind the scenes. So this is a great way to to show that off. And also, um, I needed merchandise for San Diego Comic-Con. And screen printing takes about two months to get anything printed nowadays. So I thought this would be a good idea. So yeah, uh, I suck at promoting myself. So hopefully this helps promote what I do.
0: Uh, I always ask everybody that comes on my show this, do you collect anything yourself?
1: Yeah. Ironically, I don't really collect rock posters. I just don't have the space. Um, and it's hard to, to collect something you make because you already have, like, behind me, you can't even see half the shit. is just 20 years of posters that I've done. Um, and I'll, I'll try to collect some prints that I was really into. I get really pissed off when artists make a print that is like an odd size. It's like, you asshole. Yes. I gotta spend $500 on a $50 print to get it fucking framed. So um, I collect a lot of original art. Um, To me, that's a little more special, you know? Uh, uh, Lately, I've just been talking about collecting original art on my social media um, as a way to, to kind of let people know like, oh, this is a great way to support artists is buying the originals from them. And it's also you get to be that asshole who's the only person who owns that, you know, and yeah. you know, you get to compete with other collectors in LA. Um uh so I collect original art from artists that I really like and uh um I'm very fortunate to be able to do that. Uh I collect uh if I I'm I'm worried that like I'll end up on hoarders because I collect a lot of books like art books and stuff like that. Um, you know those huge IKEA square bookcases. Yeah, you know whether it's like eight. Wait, yes, it is eight squares. You know, I have like six of those full of books. Um, it's crazy.
0: What is it, like your uh, holy grail of uh, original art or book or? Is there one thing that was hard to get that you maybe took took a lot of effort? Um,
1: uh, I don't know. They all take effort. Like, I have a story for each one, you know? It's mm-hmm. not like, oh, I just, I, I didn't have to do anything and I got this book. No, I really had to, like, find. Um, like, some of my influences, like Ashley Wood, like, I own an original painting of his, or uh, this comic artist named Dave Johnson. Um, if you ever read 100 Bullets, published by DC, he was the cover artist for that. He and I are friends, and for my birthday, he gave me an original painting of one of the covers.
2: Uh, uh, Coop,
1: I own, I own one of Coop's originals. Actually, I own a few. We did some trades. Frank Kozik, we did a trade, which was. He's like the the, the grumpiest guy in art. It's hilarious. He's like <laughs> an amazing artist. He's just uh, if anybody thinks I'm unapproachable, it's, I probably learned it from him. But he's a sweet guy. What else? I don't know. Um trying to think. I, I have so many books it's hard to narrow it down. No worries. Like children, you know. Yeah. I collect what else? I collect stormtroopers from oh, Star wow. Wars. Like I don't care about any other character, but I love the original, you know, a New Hope uh, stormtrooper design. So you can't see it, but in the background on one of my shelves, I just it's just covered with stormtrooper toys. And it's just that design. I don't like any of the other versions. Like the
0: You don't like the foil uh, variant versions? versions.
1: (laughs) Oh. If it's as long as it's the the original fucking you know, seventies trooper design. I love that helmet. I you know, but when they did like the clone troopers and all that shit, I couldn't stand it. But yeah, I collect a lot of that stuff too and uh gosh I didn't this is such a hard question to answer. Um
0: no
2: worries.
1: I can say I Collect a lot of dust, you know, because I'm always in my studio, just hovered, you know, just bent over my drawing table trying to get shit done. I collect a lot of dust, I guess.
0: Thank you for coming on. This was an amazing conversation. Um, great guy. I'm so glad I got to spend. You know, it's almost been two hours. I, I usually only spend an hour with wow. somebody. <laughs> it's it's been two hours almost, and uh, well, I could I could keep you. I could keep going, <laughs> but I don't want. to. you that got a death too, You got a death cab for cutie poster coming. Um, yeah. Again, look for his uh, mirror poster print. If it already came out, it's probably gone by the time you listen to this. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I, I don't know. You know, I it, was shocked that this release sold so well. It was the 2015 took me years to sell that print, so I'm glad their the band's audience is collecting more posters now.
0: It's uh, it's it's a whole thing. I mean, I had to practice on your website to be <laughs> like, okay. This is how you can log in and get your stuff in, and like I don't have bots for anything, uh, that, and that's what I'm competing against, you know.
1: <laughs> so, really? Because um, I, I I listened to the Camille Rose Garcia interview you did. You guys discussed that too, and it's fascinating. I don't know if people use bots. Me neither, um, really.
0: But um,
1: there are some flippers. Yeah. who I know they're flipping it, and I'm not a fan, but they're kind of a necessary evil. You know, they, they inflate the value, it's overvalued. You know, you, I, I don't go to eBay sure, <laughs> because it'll just like send me into a rage. Um, but you know, I, you know, if I'm selling a print for 50 bucks, I got my $50. I have no control over what happens after that. Um, so what I try to do is just educate people and just say, Hey, sign up for my newsletter and I will randomly send it out instead of I made the mistake of telling everybody I'm going to, you know, it's going to get released tomorrow. It's going to get released in an hour. So I just had all these people crashing my, my website Um, instead of just signing up for the newsletter. So for, for what I try to do is give back to the people that are supporting me is giving them access to this stuff before I post it to social media. And if it's, is a successful drop. I don't even need to post it to social media because it's on. Uh, so yeah, like this is my way of saying thank you. Is you know, sign up for the newsletter, and you will you have a better chance than just hitting refresh on my website every day. I guess. Fair enough. So yeah.
0: So thank you. Um, again. And it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. Yeah. No.
1: Sorry. No, it. No, it sucks because you want to, you know, help everybody out. Yeah. And. Some collectors are really genuinely nice, and then there are some who befriend you, get the hookup, and you think you have a friend, but you realize, like, nah, this person's been using it. So,
0: oh, that's terrible. Newsletter
1: is the best way to go. It It's, I mean, it's first world problems, man.
0: No, totally. You know? I totally, I mean, uh, so again, thank you, uh, Brian Ewing. Again, go to all of his social media, sign up for his newsletter people that's what we're trying to say here. yeah sign up for the newsletter and keep an eye out for his book and buy things from him at his store he's a great guy thank you for listening uh,
1: if you can't just repost it you know just there you go say hey i dig this artist for that artist you know yeah. uh, the free way of you know showing how much good taste you have
0: yeah share it again thank you so much okay. thank you Spiral Out Podcast is produced by me, your host, Chris West, edited by me, researched by me. Uh, Everything is pretty much just done by me. Uh, Go to our website, spiraloutpod.podbean.com. Follow us on Instagram at spiral underscore out underscore pod. Facebook, Spiral Out Podcast. And again, if you want to see some of the images associated with this episode, Click the link in the show notes, and it'll take you there. Again, thank you for listening. Spiral out. Pod dismissed. Wait, that's another show.